That was a movie. Yeah, I know the movie. Um, I thought they had the. Well, they they had the Thor Hulk made for TV movie. Um, mm. and I think CBS was actually the. It's kind of funny since CBS was like now known for like more adult and old people humor. You know what I yeah. mean? Like for they were the ones that actually brought um all the superheroes to prime time. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty funny that, you know, that they stopped doing that. Cause now it's yeah. CW. All right. Well, yeah. anyway, we sh- I, I just started uh recording just to record. Obviously. Oh, okay. I, I'll just edit this stuff out. Sure. <laughs> um, but we're going to, um, I'll intro and then I'll, I'll, you know, intro it to you to say hi. And then I'll go through what, you know, what we did like last time, which is the boring, we call the boring stuff, which is RT rating and box yeah. office. And then, uh, Initial reactions. So, yeah. And then we just free ball it from there. Sure. Okay. So, um, all right. What number is this? 357. Welcome to episode 357. A nerd, you know, uh, fucked that up. <laughs> so, BJ's do does all the ones. Uh, okay. Welcome to Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm Vic, and I'm going to throw it over to a special guest today because because BJ's sick, um, so he couldn't review the biggest movie of the year because he was <laughs> sick. The movie you wanted to review yeah. and talk about. And he's yeah, good. yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to throw it over to Alan. Alan, introduce yourself, where you're from, because you've yes, been on the I'm- show before. Yeah, I'm Alan Ingham with Film Threat. Uh, we do independent film reviews and news. And, uh, yeah, I'm Southern California too. So, well, yeah, that works out well that we're both in California. Um, so if you guys remember, Alan was with us, uh, when we did, uh, Shang-Chi, uh, Shang-Chi, uh, because he's really the only other Asian guy I know that could review <laughs> movies with, uh, with me. Um, but, uh, but today we're here to do a Spider-Man No Way Home, finishing the home trilogy, I guess you would call it, right? Yeah. Um, um, but let's, let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Um, the first thing is the, we always talk about the Rotten Tomatoes rating and this one's at 94%, um, which is, it's pretty high. I think it was 95 over the weekend. I guess it dropped yeah. a little bit now. Um, but as far as the trilogy goes, this is the highest rated of the trilogy. Uh, Homecoming was at 92. Uh, Far From Home was 90%, which I thought both were very high for those movies. I was not a fan after mm-hmm. multiple viewings. Um, um, but as far as um, live action movie goes, this is the highest rated super uh, Spider-Man movie there is. Um, but if you go all over, uh, like include animation into the Spider-Verse is the highest at 97%. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into the ratings a little bit later um, for agreement. Uh, I don't really agree with some of the ratings, but whatever. Um, so let's see, it did almost half a billion dollars if you count worldwide and 253 million over the weekend, which is freaking crazy. Considering, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pre COVID numbers. If, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's third highest all time. Avengers, I think is still number one. Yeah. Um, I don't know who number two is. Might be a Marvel movie too, but, yeah. but in game or in game was, I think was number one, maybe infinity wars too. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, yeah. but to be in the middle of another surge of COVID with, uh, 
Omicron? Is that how we say it? Yeah. I always think Omicron or Omicron. I always think Unicron, uh, with that from Transformers, but, uh, that's freaking high. Yeah. That is, that is bonkers high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, I, I live near my movie theater and, um, it's brand new. And there's not a lot of, for a long time, a lot of people haven't been going there. They even have an IMAX, big IMAX theater. And, um, yeah, this was the most packed I've ever seen that theater. And, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, of the 10 screens, eight of them were showing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to go see, uh, I think we're reviewing matrix, uh, next weekend yeah. or next week. And I was only going to go see it at IMAX or, or actually I was going to go see it at XD. I didn't want to trek all the way for X, uh, IMAX for that one. And, uh, they're not even showing it on XD. Um, Spider-Man will be back to back weekends. Oh wow! Uh, so uh, well, I've seen uh, Matrix on IMAX. Oh, no, no, no spoilers for me. Yeah, no spoilers. I'm, but uh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you you probably want to catch it on IMAX if you can. Uh, probably, but I don't know. It, it's a pain in the ass to go into the city and um, watch it sometimes because there's parking and stuff too. But yeah. anyway, um, all right. So though, again, just gigantic numbers for Spider Man. That's just astronomical considering we're in the another wave of, of COVID and it was it, it for the, even though I've been to the movies many times uh, since they've opened up uh, safely, um, this was the most packed I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been going basically almost all year uh, to the movies. Um, and I had never seen a movie this, you know, even Shang-Chi uh, was probably the biggest I saw uh, up until this one. Yeah. And even then it was not even close. Um, so 253 million is normal, is normal times, you know, block. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think, I, I don't think I would think this was so astronomical if we weren't in a pandemic still. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm probably putting my own feelings in this, but, um, I think people are just desperate to see something good. And I felt like this particular year, uh, 2021, um, movies have been good. But nothing's really been great. Yeah. And I think finally we have that great movie. All right. Uh, so that's your initial reaction. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think um, when I say great, I, I don't mean great, great. But I, I do mean uh, a big film, a really big movie. And and I just felt like uh, everything leading up to it, maybe with the exception of Dune, um, have been good. You know, just kind of piddled along. And, and finally, I think people wanted to see something that, that felt like the movies pre-COVID. Basically. Right, right, right. Um, so that's a spoiler for your uh, initial reaction. So I thought you, you know, obviously you liked it. I, um, I've only seen it once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I've said it many times on the show that I try not to do, um, too many initial reactions right after the movie. I have to sit mm-hmm. on it sometimes because I don't want to get the Phantom Menace uh, syndrome, which <laughs> is uh, the, to this day, still the best experience I've ever had uh, right up there with Endgame in a movie mm-hmm. theater. Um, and that experience really jaded my opinion of Phantom Menace uh-huh. for, for a long time, actually. And now I watch it. I'm like, wow, this was terrible. This movie, you know? And so, I still like it. I I know exactly what you're feeling though. It's okay. like the Phantom Menace, right? Yeah, yeah, Phantom Menace. I I loved it walking out, and then um, what, was you know, your audience awesome though? Because like my my audience was amazing. They cheered, yeah, clapped at all the cool parts. 
Oh my, I mean, for both that film and this film, people were just losing it. And, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, especially so, it was like, uh, the, it was a communal experience. Yeah. yeah uh, which, definitely. which again, I haven't experienced since, uh, since the whole pandemic. Right. So my initial reaction was, I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely, from the beginning to the end, absolutely enjoyed it, loved it. I hope it's not a Phantom Menace thing. Um, because I actually went into it on the opposite end where, again, we, um, I don't know if you know, but like the last two episodes, uh, that we've released were Spider-Man centric. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we do what we call chewify a movie and we go through it and pick it apart for all the dumbness. Like it, <laughs> our favorite things, like our favorite uh, series that we did was the Harry Potter series. And we love those movies. I love yeah. all of those movies, but it's pretty amazing how ridiculous. <laughs> some of the shit they do. Like I never realized it. So anyway, so basically yeah. when we chewify something, we basically shit all over it. And we did it for the first two movies. And the first two movies made me realize that I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but I hated his story. Mm-hmm. I hated everything about this Peter Parker, other than the way that he acted as Peter Parker and acted yeah. as Spider-Man. Uh, I hated his story. I hated the the whole Tony Stark thing. Couldn't stand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated even more that people in the inside the MCU were just okay f- acknowledging that Spider-Man might be the leader of the Avengers. And I'm like, what the fuck? How is that possible? Like there's a, uh, you know, there's so many more qualified people in the Avengers to run yeah. the Avengers other than Spider-Man. Like, I don't know where that notion came from. And it seemed like collectively, like people just accepted like, Oh yeah, Spider-Man, it's going to be awesome. Spider-Man's going to lead the Avengers. And I'm like, have you watched the two movies? He is not, he's nowhere near responsible enough to even own a car, let alone run the Avengers. So yeah. I, I hated well, the first two movies. Yeah. I mean, I'll respond to that in the sense of, um, if you, you know, if you know Spider-Man, the comic books, Spider-Man is weirdly is kind of the center of the Marvel universe. And he is generally when you have these large, um, big stories in the, in the Marvel universe, Spider-Man is somewhere in the center and Spider-Man is often the linchpin to, to, uh, to the heroes winning. Um, I think the only exception in this case would be age of Ultron, but, um, I think Civil War is a big part of it. I'm trying to, I can't really think, rattle them off, but I've always felt like Spider-Man was... Turned the tide. Yeah, turned the tide. But that's uh, in the comic books, right? Like, Yeah. That's in the comic books, and that's after, we're talking, you can accept him being turning the tide in Civil War, the comic Mm -hmm. books, right? After he switches from Tony's side to to Steve's side. You can accept that because you've gone through 50 years of comics, right? right? You, You can accept that. But we've only gone through two and a quarter movies with this Spider-Man. And there is not a single thing that this kid has done to make me think he could run the Avengers. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think, um, not to get into what you guys talked about before, but, yeah. um, you know, I do appreciate the fact that they're not re, they didn't retell his story that we didn't see another getting bit by a spider because we've seen it three times in the movie. Right. And Uncle Ben keep getting shot. Uncle Ben and like the, the Waynes were always getting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and I also like the fact that, um, at least through the first two movies, uh, you know, he's still in high school and, um, and that's kind of where the bulk of my experience with Spider-Man was, was he was still in high school, maybe just edging his way into college. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it, I think mm, I want to say that it was kind of Sony's way of needing to, to link in with the MCU. I, um, I understand and, and make, that. It, it's money, basically. <laughs> no, I, I get it. But, you know, technically Spider-Man has not had like too much of a solo movie, mm-hmm. right? Like he, he had Tony Stark was a oh, yeah. huge influence in 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 homecoming right Mm -hmm. and he's all over uh far from home yeah right like so and one of the things i always loved about spider-man in the comics or even the cartoons or even you know the the raimi versions no matter how good how much good spider-man does always things always go to shit for him as peter Mm -hmm. parker and he's always got to dig himself out of it no matter what it is he's always he's always losing the first you know, five, 10 pages of the comics, but he picks himself back up and he's always thinking about Uncle Ben. Yeah. Right. In, in, in this version, that core of Peter Parker and Spider Man is gone because he mm-hmm. has so much support. Right. He's got yeah. his Aunt May, who knows at the end of the first movie. Right. His best friend knows. Mm-hmm. He's best friends with Tony Stark and he has, you know, the Avengers on speed dial. He has all these things after basically being Spider-Man for maybe a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Because remember, I think, what is he, three three to eight months into it before Tony Stark talks to him? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe another six months at the beginning of Infinity War, he blips for five years, so that doesn't count. <laughs> he fights an endgame, which is only like an hour or two-hour battle. Yeah. And then the movie picks uh, Far From Home picks up you know, right after that. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Far From Home is his junior, end of junior year field trip. Right, but he's not even been Spider-Man for, you know, a full year, I don't think. Yeah, you'd think he got it during his sophomore year at that point. So that's maybe two years. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we're not dealing with comic book Spider-Man that's been around forever and you accept the fact that he could take over the Avengers, which he actually has uh, a couple times in the comics. And you, and he is always, you know, usually, the, and you're okay with him being the, the character that turns tide. Yeah. But you're not going through 50 years of comic books in the movies. You're going through less than a year, a little over a year of Spider-Man being alive or being Spider-Man. That's it. A year. Yeah. Well, know? yeah. And I think I just go back to my point of, you know, we had seen the Spider-Man development in the first two series. No, I know. Yeah. Do we want to see in the third? No, and, I don't want to see I think, that. I think to your point, it, <laughs> the problem was is they threw Spider-Man right into the Avengers. And that kind of, you know, that, that takes Spider-Man out of what we're used to. You know, even though we know he's been a part of the Avengers, it, right. it takes him out of that, that singular story. And I think that's the point you're making here. Yeah. Well, it also, again, it takes away some of the heart of Spider-Man, too. Mm-hmm. Because, again... Uh, Uncle Ben's a fuck. I mean, I don't want to see Uncle Ben get shot again, but Uncle Ben's a freaking Easter egg. Like yeah. he literally is an Easter egg in the second movie. He's just yeah. the initials and that's it. There's no mention of him. The only mention you ever get of Uncle Ben is there's twice in, uh, once in, twice in Homecoming where yeah. he says, no, actually, sorry, once in Civil War when he says when something to the effect of, you know, when you can do the things that I do and you still don't do anything and bad things still happen, it's your fault. That's mm-hmm. alluding to Uncle Ben, right? Yeah. Then the second time he alludes to it is in Homecoming where he tells Ned, 
you can't tell Aunt May I'm Spider-Man because she's already been through so much. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Uncle Ben is completely gone from this universe. Yeah. Well, what I find even more amazing is what about his parents? Because, uh, I mean, we're, we're so emotionally invested in Uncle Ben and Aunt May, but we have zero feelings toward his parents and what happened. Did they die? Did they abandon him? You know, that's probably how they should have done it, is shown in the beginning of Homecoming, his parents dying. Yeah. Because we've only seen that once, right? <laughs> or maybe they abandoned him. Maybe that's yeah. the better story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't want this kid. He yeah. was nerdy and geeky. And or like, uh, or, or his dad had an affair and that's really his like half brother. <laughs> Tony Stark's half brother. Cause like I wouldn't put it past him. Like the amount of like, yeah. you know, getting down on your knees for Tony Stark that, that, that the Spider-Man, uh, has been in this. But yeah. that being said, I've never experienced a movie where I disliked the first two movies so much, and the third movie fixed everything yeah, that right. I loved. Yeah, that's the thing. When you were talking about the first two movies, I'm like, wow, you guys were talking about this for the last two weeks, and they pretty much just solved it in that third movie. I know. It's crazy. I've <laughs> never experienced that before in my life. I mean, the closest thing where I didn't like the Fast and the Furious series, and then I saw Fast Five, and that movie was great. For Fast <laughs> Five, and the Furious. Girls, yeah. Yeah, but, like, Spider-Man is in a whole, like, No yeah. Way Home is on a whole new level. Like, it doesn't hold, uh, Fast Five doesn't hold anything close to, to No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were the things that stood out to you the most in, in, in this movie? Yeah, well, I mean, for me... I- as a critic, I tend to, uh, I tend to really gravitate towards story in terms of my criticisms. You know, how well did they tell a story? Um, so I forgive a lot of, um, production, uh, inadequacies. Um, you know, I'll, I'll forgive a lot of things if the story is good. And, mm-hmm. and what I like about this and, and generally in general with Marvel films is they're always keeping you on your toes. You, you just don't know what's going to happen next. And I felt that way from beginning to end with, uh, with no way home. I had no clue where they were taking us. Um, you know, you knew certain things were going to happen and certain people may appear. Um, but you just didn't know. And, and, and also Spider-Man three, no way home. It, it violates a lot of the, the problems that Marvel films have had in the past, when you look at the bad ones, and I'm thinking specifically of Spider-Man 3 and X3, when you have just too many mutants, too many villains, too many heroes, too many superpowered people. Or Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And, you, yeah, I mean, okay, right now, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, when you have too many, it, it muddies the waters, and it's, and it's generally a bad movie. In this one, they did that. They they brought in way too many people, and they were able to find strike that right balance. You know, they did it with Infinity War. You know, you took the entire Marvel universe and gave them their stories and paced it out perfectly. And I think they repeated that here. Yeah. Um, and I, I and something that we talked about uh, on the Film Dark podcast was, you know, how much of this is Marvel Studios doing, or did they just get lucky at this point? Yeah, that's, that's a good point too, because, um, I think Sony has creative control, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how much Kevin Feige was involved in, or Marvel Studios is involved in actually writing the story or, or proving yeah. the story. Well, I mean, I would guess that because they're using Marvel Studios characters, Doctor Strange, uh, the, the history and stuff that they're heavily involved. I, I think there is a, 
a real partnership here. And, um, and I think the advantage that Spider-Man has over the Eternals and Shang-Chi was the fact that everyone still knows Spider-Man. And so there's this idea that everyone has that, you know, everyone wants to see it because everyone knows who Spider-Man is versus no one knew who the Eternal Eternals were. Right. And very few people knew really Shang-Chi enough to want to see a, a Shang-Chi movie. I mean, the Eternals were just as vague. They were the, they were way more vague than oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy were. I mean, I read Eternals, <laughs> uh, back in the seventies. They were, and they were I, I was confused then, and right. uh, and I don't I don't see any real resemblance to to the Eternals today that that they were that that when Jack Kirby created in the seventies. No, no, I mean that's what Marvel does a lot, right? Or Marvel yeah. Studios is they take what they want from the comics and 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 alter it to their story. Yeah, and you know, as I was saying, like for this movie, uh, or actually, as you were saying, like. You know, I went into this thinking, oh my God, Spider-Man movies, when they try to add too much shit to a movie, it's just yeah. fucking terrible. And the first two movies weren't that great, right? Like I can go back and watch the Raimi's first and second movie. Um, but when it, there's just a huge drop off in story in the third one. It's just complete mm-hmm. bullshit. And so having said that I didn't like the first two already and then going into this one, I was like, wow, this is going to be like just a pile of flaming garbage, right? Yeah. And from beginning to end, I was intrigued. I, I normally I can, you know, you can, you see the beats, right? Like in, yeah. in a movie, you've seen, I mean, you've probably seen way more, you know, you've definitely seen way more movies than me, but, um, you can pick up things like, okay, this, this person's probably going to die. That thing that they just said is going to come back 30 minutes later. And yeah. this is how it's going to end. Right. Um, you know, like finding Nemo. You knew they were going to find Nemo. He wasn't going to fucking be dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's in the um, title, yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But the 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 thing that's always good is is the journey, is how they get there. You know, mm-hmm. all the all stories are essentially the same story. It's just how they retell it. Um, and in this one, <clears throat> I honestly had no idea what they were going to do because Marvel is so good at hiding yeah. things from you. And somehow, like you said, they found this perfect balance of introducing all these characters. It's, it's kind of funny how this movie had so many Easter eggs and inside jokes mm-hmm. where I was completely loving every second of it and wanted more. And then you turn to the, the new Ghostbusters movie and I fucking hated that movie <laughs> because it was nothing but a giant Easter egg of a movie. And like, I just can't believe that people love that movie so much more than the 2016 version. Or- yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I liked it and uh, we probably don't want to get into it in this one, but, um, okay. but I, I, to me where, where the, um, where Ghostbusters went wrong, that this movie didn't go wrong was, you know, when you bring in characters from the past, um, you know, it just, it, the, the story in No Way Home was just so perfect. Right. Versus Ghostbusters, which when, when the uh, original Ghostbusters came back, it changed the tone of the entire movie 180 degrees. Yeah, because and, they uh, were in the movie for 90% of it. Yeah. And the kids were not, the, the actors, the kids were not, it, their comedy was not that tonal. It wasn't, you know, they weren't acting like uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. 
you know, they're acting like themselves. And then, and then you bring in this dynamic of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and, um, and it just, it just felt like, okay, here's where we shut off the kid's story. And now we tell the, the older generation story. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, um, I don't know how spoilery are we going to get here? Oh, we, we, we are spoiler. There's always a warning okay. in the, in the notes. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Um, so when, when the other two Spider-Men show up, yeah. um, yeah, it was it, because you, you heard rumors and it was pretty much, you know, in my mind, 90% that they were going to show up. Um, and they just did it right. They, um, you know, the, that's the thing I was worried about this movie. Um, the trailers leading up to it really solidified a lot of my fears of what the story might be. And I love the fact that the trailers were somewhat misleading. Oh, they do and, that all the time. Yeah, I mean, it was a completely different story from the trailers. And then, yeah, Marvel, Marvel, one hundred percent. Kevin Feige has one hundred percent said they film shit just uh-huh. for trailers. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely, because because it was because the trailer was telling a story I didn't want them to tell. And, uh, and what was the I story was, you were thinking? Oh, you know, it was it was basically the Mephisto story. Um, you from? Oh, oh, okay, okay, from okay. Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and they were, and, and in a way, they did tell the Mephisto story. Um, but they did it right this time. Right, right. And, right. um, you know, it didn't feel like it was a mistake. And I think that's what it was in the, when I watched the trailers was, okay, they're, they're doing what they did in Civil War. And that was correct the mistake of Peter Parker's reveal. And, um, and so, and then, you know, now you have these, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire coming in. And in my mind, it was like, how are they going to pull this off without feeling hokey? You know, right. how are they going to handle these three guys being together without, you know, without making it feel like fan service, but, but more or less make it feel integral to the plot of the, of the big, of the big battle here that's going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, look, I, I should have written down who the writers were, but uh, the, the, the story is just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was amazing. Uh, the writers were Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, and, and yeah, Chris McKenna yeah. and Eric so Summers. So Chris McKenna, he was like, he did Endgame, right? And I think, uh, I think he was involved in Infinity War and Endgame. Let me see. He did the first two Spider Man movies too. Okay. Um, and, oh, that was Chris, uh, McKenna. And then Eric Summers also did the first two Spider-Man movies, but he also did, uh, uh, he was a writer on Ant-Man and the Wasp as well. Oh, okay. Um, but they were involved, yeah. wasn't Chris McKenna involved in, uh, Infinity War and Endgame or? Uh, as a writer? Yeah. Uh, let me see. No. No, okay. Yeah. Well, either way, brilliant. Well, they knew each other also from, they, they also wrote the screenplay for Lego Batman movie, which a lot of people love too. Okay. So yeah, Phil Lord and. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. um, So kudos to them. Good job. Yeah. I, I don't know where this story came from in, from my point of view, because again, I didn't like the first two movies. I don't know where the fuck this story came from. Like this story is complete 180 for me of the first two movies like this mm-hmm. was the first even though it felt episodic because you know it's taking place right after the like i hate when films do back to back like when it's just one after other than the lord of the rings did it right right but I, like i hated i hate when movies end and then the other one is right from that get-go and that's what this one did mm-hmm. is literally from that tag scene in in uh far from home at the madison square garden 
but yeah. somehow somehow it just it they turned it into an actual Spider-Man movie. I don't I don't that sounds weird cuz the first two are about Spider-Man, but this one felt like a real Spider-Man movie because I didn't accept the fact that he kept fucking up in the first two movies mm-hmm. and just always um didn't it, he he got help along the way. Yeah. Like in the comic books he doesn't get help when he fucks up. He he goes out and figures out how to do it. In both movies he had help from multiple people, many yeah. people. To, to get back in like yeah he fought vulture alone but what the fuck is ned gonna do standing there right but yeah. he, ned did help him get to the vulture you know so um this one it felt like even though he did had have help it felt like it was more his response i don't know it just felt like he took ownership finally yeah you know i mean the first two i felt like it was more fa- uh, service to the mcu um, and in this one, it was purely service to Peter Parker, the character, right. uh, the man. And, and at the end, you know, I think, I think this is what Peter Parker has always been about in the sense of, you know, there's a reason why he holds his identity secret and that's to protect the ones he loves. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you realize, you know, that's what he's doing. He is now walking away in order to protect the ones he loves. Right. And that's, that's one of my most favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the Raimi versions are so good, you know, up until, you know, MJ finds out, um, that he's Spider-Man. Yeah. I love that he's got to do this shit alone, that he yeah. has to find, he has he to has- sacrifice himself. Right. For the greater good, so to speak. Yeah. And this one's even worse because he's had that taste of friendship, mm-hmm. of love and, and friends and, and the Avengers knowing who he is. I mean, fuck. I mean, Nick Fury just flat out tells everybody in Far From Home that he's Peter Parker, like for no reason. He just flat out tells everybody and mm-hmm. Peter just doesn't even bat an eye about it. You know, he's like, okay, with, you know, all these people knowing that he's Peter Parker. Um, and when they took that and when he, he decided to take it away from himself, um, in, in this movie, I thought it was gut wrenching. I thought it was yeah. perfect though. Yeah, and then you bring in um, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and they're just nailing that fact is, you know, w- they've sacrificed a lot. Right, yeah. To, for, to be Spider-Man, to be, you know, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And, um, you know, and that's, you know, that's, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of the other movies, and I'm thinking, I, I feel like we, we don't get that. We don't, we, we really don't get the gravity of what it means to be a hero until, until this one. Right. But, but as much as I freaking love Marissa Tomei, and I love her in this movie, and I thought spoiler, <laughs> I thought spoilers, her death was amazing. Yeah. I thought her saying, uh, with a great power, there must be great responsibility, which they didn't do the, the, the movie version of it. They did the direct quote from the comic book. Cause right. that's the actual correct quote from the comic book. Right. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Right. <laughs> but when those two guys, uh, the two Peter Parkers, Toby <laughs> and Andrew are talking about uncle Ben, he's only thinking about aunt may. Right. Like yeah. he, Uncle Ben, just fuck Uncle Ben in the end. Seriously, right? Like he is actually on film saying that he's the, he's the reason why he's Spider-Man. But after that moment, Uncle Ben doesn't mean shit to him. Like <laughs> at all, at all. Because again, I, that part, like I thought it was gut wrenching, but I'm saying you lost Uncle Ben too. Like, <laughs> hello, you lost Uncle Ben and Aunt May, not just Aunt May and Tony Stark. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, 
I was just, I think, I think it's <laughs> funny how, how much, how much they get shit on. I love the fact that in the Marvel universe, you could bring anyone back who's dead except Uncle Ben. <laughs> Well, everyone can die and everyone can come back, but you can never ring back Uncle Ben. He doesn't even visit the grave in any of the movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. he literally does not give a shit. Does not give a shit about uh, Uncle Ben. But uh, yeah, that's right, because Aunt May is buried by herself. Uh, <laughs> she's not buried with Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, wait, are they? I think they're next to each other, right? No? No, I only saw one tombstone there. Maybe oh, I, I have to see it again, but I'm pretty sure I saw one tombstone. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were just <laughs> yeah. like, fuck it. Okay. Let's just put Anne May in a completely different cemetery. Anyway. Yeah, Uncle but, Ben's uh, somewhere off with his parents. And so. Yeah, he's in the Palisade somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but again, I, I absolutely loved it. Like, when she died, I I, I was I was teary-eyed because I loved her so much. Yeah. Um, and and I, I didn't see it coming at all. Well, you didn't? No, I didn't. I I thought I was like, well, they're not going to stab this Peter Parker in the back, right? They're not going to kill him. I'm like, oh shit, they're going to kill Aunt May. And as soon as she got hit by that thing, I'm like, she better fucking die. I know. <laughs> like I, when she was walking around, I'm like, oh, like I was getting mad. I was like, oh, here's where they jumped the shark, right? Like I yeah. cannot believe they're going to let this bitch live after she got hit by that glider at like 80 miles an hour in her back, right? Yeah. And when she when she did die, I was like, oh my God, I think she's going to say it. I think she's going to fucking say it. Cause that's as soon as she was dying, I was like, she's got to say it. There's yeah. no way. It was kind of like, you know, could you imagine if Captain America didn't say Avengers assemble at the end of Endgame? I would have been so pissed. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. so I, I'm the, the words, uh, had a lot of gravity to it, mm-hmm. um, this time around. Yeah. Uh, because it came from somebody else, but again, <laughs> yeah, poor, but it was poor Uncle Ben. You know, I mean, because when we saw it the first t- two times, um, you know, it was after you know Peter Parker had been in a wrestling match and won a bunch of money, right. or and and got gypped, and uh, f- for some reason, when Aunt May said it, the, the context of it all, I mean, this this was a pretty incredible point because it was Aunt May who got Peter to to forestall Doctor Strange's plans to try to rehabilitate these villains. Right. And he lost his aunt because of it. And everything went wrong because of that decision. And to have her say that in that context, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, definitely makes it much more powerful than, than when uncle Ben said it when he died. Right. I mean, those two times you were just expecting it to happen because you know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. when Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot, you're going to see pearls, you know, it's just going <laughs> to, it's just going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, maybe she'll wear diamonds in the <laughs> right, or or Bruce Wayne won't even give a shit about Thomas and Martha and just care about Alfred or something. I don't know, or just cares or, about or, Superman. Or Martha is Superman's mother. In, in the- <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, as as much as I think it's comical that they just for some reason the MCU hates Uncle Ben. Um, I think it's I think when she died, it was like holy shit he's really alone at the end of the film at the end of the film when everybody's gone and he tells strange because mm-hmm. strange doesn't is not going to even remember either yeah you know um well does that mean nick fury is gonna know because he wasn't on earth no i think no because it, it spans all the multiverses too i think no i can't remember that's that's yeah, what yeah, I no but it, i think it, it it's everyone 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 who's ever yeah. known right yeah who's ever known okay so maybe you can 
maybe you can figure this out for me because me and my friend got into a debate about this. <laughs> my my from my understanding, based on what was said in the movie from Doctor Strange, that those villains, Scorpion, Sandman, um, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, they came from universes that had a Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, but a different Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire. Yeah, or a different Peter Parker, basically. Um, yeah. or, or, the, or a Peter Parker. And the reason why my proof was that was because uh, of that was because Doctor Strange doesn't say they're from different timelines. They're saying they're from different multiverses. Right. So his argument or his debate was that they are from the same exact universes as those guys are same. The, the ones that we've seen, right. Mm-hmm. But they're pulled from different time frames of when they were about to, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I mean, they were all pulled from the point in which they died. Uh, those right before who did die. Yeah. Um, but it appeared that, Toby and Andrew were pulled years later. Yes, right, exactly. But but then but that was more Ned's doing than it was. Uh, well, uh, Doctor Strange's doing. Well, I think right, but again, I thought Doctor Strange doesn't say time; he says multiverses. Yes. So, like, yeah, they know. Like, Scorpion knows, or not Scorpion. Um, the Lizard knows that, or Electro knows that the Lizard what the lizard did, right? Mm-hmm. Like he knows he turned the whole place into, into tried to turn the whole place into lizards. Like Doc right. Ock knows that green goblin has died. And so his hair, uh, you know, Norman Osborn has died. Right. Um, but I don't know. It just like, but I think a different version of them, that was my argument because Dr. Well, yeah. Strange I mean, literally are, are says you, multiverses. I mean, if you, if you, maybe the theory is that there may be multiple ver- universes, but does time follow the single point, you know, is, so in every universe, is it nine thirty exactly on such and such a date? Right, right. Um, and then when you pick up the dead villains, you pick them up at the last strand of their timeline, which is their death. Right. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it opens up a whole new can of worms too, because right, right, when Doctor Strange puts them all back, is Spider Man still going to kill him because they don't have the powers anymore? Yeah, right? like they're completely power free. Yeah, and this is where your brain starts to explode, right? Because because uh, if you return Green Goblin, yeah, if you return him in a uh, or Doc Ock and the others in their redeemed state, at what point do they return to their universes? Right, because like in, Doc in Ock would state. probably die just based on the fact he wasn't Doc Ock anymore. No, actually, Doc Ock would be okay, right? Because yeah. he still has the arms; he just doesn't have that chip anymore. That's malfunctioning. Right. So he's, he's cured that way, but Electro doesn't have electricity in his veins anymore. He can't harness that. Lizard is back to normal. There's no lizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and Green Goblin was completely cured. Plus, didn't, didn't, uh, Peter Parker cure Scorpion? Sandman? Sandman. Scan. No, I mean, what wasn't. It was the lizard. Scorpion's not. Yeah, wasn't, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did, did the lizard, wasn't the lizard restored in, at yes. the end of. Yeah, so he he went through it twice, basically. Well, I think when when he turned in Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, he still had a little bit of it on him. Uh-huh. It looked like he was still a little scaly. Yeah, 
So, but in this one, it looked like this Tom Holland, Peter Parker is smarter than all of them because he cures basically all of them. Yeah. But it also helped again that he has Tony Stark technology to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, this, <laughs> this is something I've been thinking about, but it's like, wow, you know, we, we had this tendency to really dive in deep. I think, you know, I think it started with Star Wars basically where, you know, when uh, when Lucas brought his new versions in, and and then when uh, JJ and uh, Ryan Johnson did their versions, you know it was it was in a way to, that blew the minds of fans who had kind of grown up with it and and built this world in their own mind. Right. And then um, and now we have these discussions of uh, you know just the minutia, and you wonder, well, does you know does Marvel Studios, does Marvel, does Disney even care about you know? Or, or are they just feeding into this these fan theories? Uh, just I don't know. Just to keep the buzz going. I think like somebody like Filoni does, you know, yeah. and, and Favreau, they do. And that's why they, they're so good at Star Wars. Because they think about the ramifications of what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, they think like, no, you know, Luke wouldn't do that. Or, mm. you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, the the Mandalorian wouldn't do something like this or, you know, something like they think character wise, you know, like they think, you know, I'm sure with uh, Ahsoka's series coming out, Filoni's going to say, no, I don't think Ahsoka would ever do that. Mm-hmm. And the way that he talks about character, you understand why you love his characters so much. I mean, it's why I love, you know, clones. Uh, from his from his TV show, because the Clone Wars made me actually give a shit like one of my favorite characters of the of the of the series is not just Ahsoka, it's 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 the clones. Like I loved Fives, I loved Rex, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. Um and so And even Anakin we we kinda like Yeah, I even liked Anakin in this one, yeah. uh in that one. And again, I, I'm just blown away that I got the first two Spider Man movies that I got and then I got this one that actually felt like the first real Spider Man movie mm-hmm. in the MCU. And I'm like completely blown away. I've never experienced that before. I don't know any other movie that has ever done something like this. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's, it's, it almost reverse engineers everything. Cause, cause at the end, you know, Sony can now make, uh, their Spider-Man movies. They can make what we wanted in a Spider-Man movie. Well, we're going to get Venom now. Play it. We're going to get Venom now. Yeah. You know, for some reason, I thought Tom Hardy was in the, technically in the MCU. I didn't realize he was, in a you different know, he was multiverse. Like a over from a different yeah. So uh, what at, so, at the end of Carnage. Yeah, right. So uh, I actually did watch that movie and that's a terrible movie. But <laughs> at the end of the movie, a portal opens up. So yeah. if you take the portal Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, if you take the tag scene of Venom, uh, oh. let there be Carnage, it matches up directly right above when he asks uh um, Doctor Strange to make everybody forget, and then he fucks the spell up because he won't shut up. Yeah, that's how he gets pulled into that to the six one six MCU, right? Mm-hmm. And then, he, and then when uh, Strange uh, sends everybody back, that's him disappearing at the end in, in the tag scene of Yeah, oh, no way home. So, Vintage, let there be carnage, kind of overlaps time frame wise. A little bit. The ending of Carnage is like the middle of No Way yeah. Home, um, and but he leaves a little bit behind. Um, yeah. So but then, uh, yeah, but then that means, you know, can you have Tom Holland now with Tom Hardy and 
you know, have a a Venom story that way, or do we have to create a new it's a, Venom? It's a new Eddie Brock. It's got to be a brand new Eddie Brock because that yeah. Eddie Brock is in that universe, right? But now you shut off that Eddie Brock from making any more, or Tom Hardy from make, making any more movies, and um, yeah, and then the Mobius, and then they're going through the entire you know roster there. So yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to work, like it. Because right now you have two Spider-Man. Well, there's no Spider-Man really in the Venom universe right now. Because mm-hmm. Venom and Morbius are the same, right? It's the same universe, right? Or yeah. Who- they sh- well, no, but, but then you have Vulture in oh, Mobius. That's, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it was Vulture, not Venom. Oh boy! You know, I think they're gonna take it from take it from the comics and just say, "Well, we're just gonna write it so that it works." And- yeah. We're they're just gonna, gonna have to, people are just gonna have to accept that that it works. They're gonna have to have like a uh, infinite crisis type thing because oh, they're yeah. opening a whole can of worms of multiverses here. Because it looked like the Doctor Strange teaser had the evil Doctor Strange from the What If series. Yeah, yeah. I'm so like, sure that's I'm like, that's canon now too. Like, holy shit, you know? So that party Thor is out there somewhere too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the other thing interesting <laughs> now that we're in the trailer uh, at the post movie post credits trailer. Yeah. Um. So I guess Kang is in it, but then we also know Kang is going to be in Ant Man and the Wasp. Right. So so and now Loki. the multiverse story plays further than Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Well, is is there a season two of Wandavision? I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that, but we do know that Loki's going to have a second season. Okay, so then Kang is in Loki, obviously, because that's yeah. how it ended with him in that in Kang running the 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 time uh, the TVA. Yeah, and then weirdly, you have Jonathan Majors on Saturday Night Live say, "Oh, I'm in Ant Man and the Wasp." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure he got some shit for that. But, uh, <laughs> and then you, you and know, then you have, and now you have Fantastic Four, uh, and but you have Daredevil now. In Spider-Man, yeah. So Daredevil was, is officially in the six one six. I know that, that was that was uh, that was like the first big moment. Yeah, in, in Spider-Man, when it was like, yeah. oh, there's the lawyer. That's <laughs> Matt Murdock. Yeah, that was crazy. My theater went nuts. How about yours? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. every everything, people went nuts. I I would I I would love Jessica Jones to be back. I would like her version of Jessica Jones to be back. Mm-hmm. I would like obviously that Daredevil's back. I would like a Luke Cage version back because I always wanted to know that story. But yeah. fuck Iron Fist. <laughs> fuck Danny Rand. What? Yeah. <laughs> like poor guy. If if they want to redo the part, like bring in another white guy, fine by me. Just don't let it be <laughs> that guy. I hate that guy. I hate that kid. Like he just he did such a piss poor job as Iron Fist. It's it's so comical. Well, I find it funny that people blame um, cultural insensitivity for it, and I'm like, no, it's it was the performance. Yeah, it was the performance. He sucks. My my feeling at that point, people ask me, well, what do you think about Danny Rand being white? I go, well, he was white in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. So I'm okay with him being white here. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have a problem. I mean, they could have updated the character, but that would have kind of changed things a little yeah. bit. And again, I would have been okay. Like I like Danny Rand in the comic in the comic books and yeah. the movies. Oh, I read I read Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, I'm sorry, the TV shows. You're right, and you know, um, or the cartoons, I should say. But like this one, that that kid was terrible. So like, that was my first 
thought after seeing him in it. You know, yeah. as soon as I went through all the roster of all the people, I was like, oh shit, Kingpin's in it now, obviously. Yeah. You know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Fuck, Iron Fist is there too. <laughs> like, are they going to recast him? Cause please God, let them recast him. Oh, no, you they're know? just going to say, well, we got Simu now and, uh, in Shang-Chi. So there's our, <laughs> there's I our, I would like question. to see it. Like, you know how I would, you know, I, I would like, I can't wait to see what the MCU does with the Fantastic Four. Like, I would like to see what the MCU does with the uh, with a proper Iron Fist. Yeah, I'm so scared about Fantastic Four. Uh, oh yeah, I I just feel like the the story worked well in the '60s. Right. Uh, well, you know they're going to update and, it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm like I mean part of it is it's a tough tor- story to tell, uh, basically because it's a family of superheroes. Uh, the Incredibles, if you will, right? And um, and uh, you know, it's and it's also Fantastic Four tends to be more, more of the supernatural science end of the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, and dealing with the multiverse and me- dealing with you know, it's an extension of Doctor Strange, so to speak. And um, yeah, I just uh, that's the I think the title I feel less optimistic about. Uh, as they were announcing these things. Well, I've seen, we've seen really bad fantastic four movies, three really bad fantastic four movies. And, you know, other than Eternals, the Marvel's track record, like I think Eternals is like the cars, Mm -hmm. you know, Pixar, like Pixar basically is good to great in every single movie, except for cars. That entire Mm -hmm. trilogy is just terrible. And I feel like Eternals is Marvel's cars. And, they have a really good track record and I just don't, I don't, I have enough trust in them to think that they are not going to screw it up like the first yeah. three movies. Well, I mean, personally, I liked Eternals, um, from a story standpoint. Um, you know, if, if they kind of pulled it out of the Marvel universe and told the story that they told, I think I, you know, I, that's how I enjoyed it. It felt like a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Because, you know, every episode of Star Trek was a morality tale and that's what this was. Um, but I thought but it was, it, I thought it should have been a series. Yeah. But I think the issue with the Eternals was it was so the, the style of story that was being told, the nature of the characters, um, the fact that it was in the MCU, but really an ex- un- a vast unexplored area of the MCU. Right. That I think it was, you know, there was a disconnect there because it wasn't what people expected. Right. And, right. um, and I think that's, that's why it, why people don't like it. I think it's because it didn't meet expectations that you have for a, an MCU film. Yeah. You know, at least with Black Widow you know, you got what they were going to give you. You can complain about the story and, and how it played out, but you know, that was the action film that we wanted from, from black widow. Right. Um, I saw so much potential after watching Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our, our general consensus, me and BJ was that it felt like even though the movie was like almost three hours long, I think it's the second longest movie in the, in Marvel, in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It felt like it could have been longer. Um, and it, and you're right. It's, it's being a comic book reader. I knew what the Eternals were in mm-hmm. the comic books and the same fear I had when they brought Thor in, I was like, now you're going to introduce the God of thunder. Like, how's that going to yeah. work? Now you're going into space with guardians of the galaxy. How's that? And both times they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Right. But now we're talking about cosmic energy. 
Right. right? We're talking about cosmic beings at the beginning of time. Yeah. And I think that's where they faltered about trying to bring that story to screen. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, you know, it's as much as it's part of MCU, you know, I mean, okay. So what up in, up in Greenland, there's a giant celestial head sticking out of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, who's it's like the statue of Liberty just being left there in yeah, Ghostbusters too. But you, you know, none of the, it's not going to be a storyline in anything really. Um, and uh and that's why it just feels so so much like a disconnect and and so much like it's not part of the MCU even though it is a part of the MCU. Well, I mean, um, and the only we, touch point here is now it's Guardians of the Galaxy and and maybe Thor. Right. Um, but other than that it, it you know, there's no real connection with the Avengers. Well, that's the problem with like something like this movie is, or I'm sorry, Eternals is that you know, with the way we ended with uh Endgame you know, mm-hmm. after we see how Tony has all these satellites watching the earth and making sure because we're not alone. So I don't understand how you get in a celestial being um, coming out of Greenland and it doesn't alert any of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like this is a global. It doesn't, it doesn't alert shield. It doesn't alert. Right. Yeah. Like when, like when, um, you know, su- the first Suicide Squad movie when they had this like entire city engulfed in this magic. This is a world where Superman is. Why are they not here? And you're calling in the fucking Suicide Squad, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Superman doesn't need a government to tell him to go help the city, right? Yeah. Like, so I thought that was a problem too. Um, in that, yeah. And if you think about the Eternals <laughs> in the Marvel universe, you know, when Jack Kirby created it, it was more or less a separate title. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, they, there was no connection at the point. And they had to kind of make that connection uh, over the years. But, uh, you know, I, I think when they announced the Eternals was going to be a movie, uh, the, the same thing happened with Shang-Chi is now that we're going to make these movies, we better write comic books to kind of right. know, support right. these the, the need to make these movies. Well, yeah, the MCU now drives the comic book stories, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um you know, back to Spider-Man. Um, what didn't you like about it? What didn't I like about it? That's a tough one. I, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm like you. I'm feeling this this glow of having watched it, and uh, and I'm feeling like, wow, this is this is a really good movie. And so you're asking me a really tough question because I'm I'm really loving the movie. Um. Well, all you think about it, I'll go. And my yeah. one, my one critique, and my only critique that I can think of after just one watch, one, one viewing of it is, um, it almost felt episodic in it. And like sometimes the MCU runs into that problem where they're not telling movies, they're telling, mm-hmm. um, they're telling like episodes of television show that happen to be two hours long. And, um, but it's such a nitpick for this one. Yeah, because like when when it ends, and you know, minus the tag scenes for other movies, um, it felt like an ending of an episode of like a season finale of something. Yeah, um, when he walks out of the diner and you, say, oh my god, and the suit, we got to talk about the suit too. <laughs> I almost cried when I saw <laughs> when I saw the Kirby slash Ramita costume. At the end of the movie. Yeah. I I saw the sewing machine and I saw the bright blue. I'm like, no way. And 
him seeing that Spider-Man swing, because we've seen Spider-Man swing in multiple movies, but different variations of an updated suit. The closest thing we got to Spider-Man building a suit that we saw was amazing Spider-Man when he's actually mm. ordering this shit online. I'm like, oh, that's a good way to update it, right? <laughs> because he's ordering shit online. Like that's what yeah. Spider-Man would do now. Um, but when I saw the, the, the sewing machine and the bright blue, and then I saw him swinging in New York City with the original costume, the original, original costume. Mm-hmm. I, I got so emotional. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny just how, how iconic these things are and how, yeah. you know, and just the fact that they, they decided, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's make this a tribute. And, uh, and, uh, I, I feel like if, Getting back to the original question, of what I didn't like, I feel like the things I didn't like, you know, I think you were saying it. it. It was so necessary to have it in there in order to get to where it ended. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it, to me the the weakest part was the beginning and the whole Doctor Strange stuff because, you know, it just felt very, uh, you know, it's weird. But when the Mephisto thing happened after Civil War in in the comics, right. You know, I, a lot of my friends, a vast majority of my friends hated Joe Casada at that point for allowing it to happen. You know, and, and I think the issue there was they, they made a very bold step. Uh, Peter Parker is going to reveal his secret identity as Spider-Man. Right. And, um, and, and that's a very bold storytelling. And the feeling was, is that they painted themselves into a corner and had to erase it all of a sudden. And then they right. brought in the Mephisto thing. You know, it's the, the uh someone wakes up in bed, you know, the you know, was it Dallas or something? Someone wakes up in bed and says, It was all just a dream. Oh, right, um, right, right. You know, that's that that was the feeling then. And, you know, I was getting that feeling going into that because that's what the trailers set up. It was, you know, just uh you know, in this case Doctor Strange's Mephisto and they're gonna go through this whole thing again. Right, right, right. And um and in a way that I think they took that story idea and then did it right. I corrected it and did what uh, what Joe Casada should have done at that point. Right. I mean, there is that there is that like tiny Easter egg shout out to like you know not being married not being married to MJ anymore. Yeah. You know where MJ you know in this one forgets who it is, and I, and I like the fact that now that we've introduced the multiverse, like she doesn't she can be Mary Jane Watson or Michelle something Watson in this. Yeah. Cause she actually, for the first time says her last name. Cause I remember the first two movies they were like, no, 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 she's a different MJ. She's not Mary Jane yeah. Watson yet. And then what this one is, is like, no, 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 she's MJ, but just this universe is MJ. Like MJ exists in Toby's universe, mm-hmm. you know? And as soon as they did that in this movie, I was completely okay with her in this. Although, Sometimes I feel like her character is just being different to be different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, she's like, so, but I liked her a lot better in this movie uh, <laughs> than I did the first two. Well, she's Zendaya and people like Zendaya and uh, right. She's, but, she's doing them. I mean, that's, that's quite frankly how a lot of decisions are made. It's, oh, we got a big star. All right. Let's play. Yeah. I, Angelina Jolie. All right. She wants to be in it. All right. Let's. Well, yeah. she was actually really good in Eternals. She was. Uh, um, yeah. but like, I, I don't have that, I don't have that celebrity, uh, attachment where I'm like, okay, everything they do is awesome. You know, yeah. like, um, so as much as I like her socially, 
um, I didn't think she was all that great in the first two movies, and I didn't really like her character up until this one, um, where she sh- where she got to actually show a lot of her acting chops that she's shown in other things. Um, I thought she was able to show here um, yeah. rather than being a damsel in distress, or she was able to actually show some range in this movie. Whereas the first two, she's just teenage angst or teenage mm-hmm. like emo or whatever, you know. Um, so I, I did like her a lot in this. I liked Ned in this too. I mean, everybody was really good. Yeah. I mean, Toby and Andrew Garfield were freaking amazing in this. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Um, okay. this was, this was my biggest worry thinking, okay, if they're going to show up. A, are they just going to be a cameo? Are they just going to be a, a right. wave in the mirror in the window? Um, <laughs> and then if they do bring him in, you know, how are they going to interact? And, and I, I like the fact that not only are they older, um, but you know, they're very distinct and, you know, this is Toby, this is Andrew, this is their interpretations of the characters. And then when they interact with one another, it's, you know, two things, you know, there's that, that scene where they talk about their experiences. Oh, yours comes out, <laughs> your webs come out of your hands. We have to make ours. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I fought this guy, but, but I went to space. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, that was great. And then, and then it gets to the heart when, when, uh, Peter is dejected and feeling like he, you know, he made a decision that cost his aunt her life. Right. And now to have, you know, Andrew and Toby come along and talk about their experiences as Spider-Man. It was like, okay, this is, uh, you know, oh, they got it right. Yeah. They got yeah, it yeah. right here. You know, yeah, the, I, the, this idea of what it means. And, and then it makes you think, well, what are all the other Spider-Man stories? Uh, in the uh, other multiverses that they right, get. right. Um, I loved when Andrew, uh, Andrew's Peter Parker got to save Zendaya. <laughs> yeah, got to save this MJ. I thought it was so amazing when I, it happened. It was like you know, you knew yeah. exactly what this moment was going to be. It's his redemption and, and what it meant for him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like Toby, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield are fantastic actors, and when they're Peter Parker, they're Peter Parker, right? Like I, I, I see them not just as Andrew Garfield and Tim McGuire. I see their versions mm-hmm. of Peter Parker. And when Absolutely. he saved MJ and just broke down crying, you were like, cause you know, my favorite thing of the amazing Spider-Man movies is him and Emma Stone. Yeah. Like I absolutely love those two together. Um, I like them better than Toby and, and Kirsten Dunst. Um, and one of the very few good things in that movie, uh, the second movie is when she dies, like when mm-hmm. the way that he acts, the way that he is completely destroyed, that, that, that Gwen Stacy is gone. And when he started crying in no way home, I was like, Oh my God, they nailed it. Like the, it was just so amazing for him to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. Now that reminds me of the, the moment of the movie <laughs> I didn't like, okay. um, it it seemed out of character for me when Tom Holland was about basically to murder the Green Goblin, um, you know, because because of everything he had gone through and everything he had stood for, this idea of redemption, yeah. Um, and now now in this singular singular moment, he decides I'm going to murder Green Goblin right now. You know, I'm going to literally beat him to a pulp, and it just seemed like did he learn the lesson or not? Yeah, and that was because, that was the thing that that pulled me out of the movie at that moment. Uh, well, it 
to me, it seemed off just because this was his emotion when Uncle Ben died or should have been right. Mm -hmm. Like that's how it should have happened because Andrew went through that too with his version and, and, and Toby went through that in his version Mm -hmm. where they actually wanted to kill the people who, you know, captured uh, or killed their, their Uncle Ben. Right. And (laughs) because again, you know, the MCU hates Uncle Ben. This was his Uncle Ben moment that he wanted to kill Green. That's what I took it as. Yeah. But the, uh, but the thing was, is that, you know, the, the whole point of this final battle was to, to solve everyone, all the villains problems. Right. You know, to, to re, to give them a second chance at, at redemption. Uh, and, and in this, you know, and so he, you know that's why they were off. This, this is why they were doing what they were doing. Well, they they, they pull in the movie that one movie trope where uh, the hero, and this happens to actually Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, the hero is somehow fine or losing their abilities, and then all of a sudden the guy threatens their girl, and that's what yeah. the Green Goblin did to Tom Holland was threaten, like I'm going to kill MJ or your yeah. girlfriend just like I killed your Aunt May, right? And that's what set him off. Um, but again, like what you're saying, if they had shown, like, I, again, I don't think maybe uncle Ben beat this Peter Parker. Cause he just does not give a shit about uncle Ben. <laughs> um, because like you would think he would have learned his lesson from the beginning. Right. If that's, yeah. if it was, if it was the same path because his uncle Ben did die because he didn't do something. Yeah. You would have thought he just would have went out after the killer. But yeah. I guess in this case, he's just like, fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, it was it. Uh, it makes me think of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He, he's just this guy, you know. Right, right. But again, like you know, they they took they took the version of where Peter Parker goes after Uncle Ben's murderer and dumped it into this movie. Yeah, and and changed it for Aunt May. But again, because of their mistakes in the past, it takes away from this portion from you. I think. Yeah, like because I understand it as the Aunt May version of uncle right. Ben's thing. But again, because they shit on uncle Ben so long, so much, <laughs> you go back to it and be like, didn't you already go through this with uncle Ben? Like, shouldn't you be immune yeah. to this shit already? Like that's and again, why you should have gone through it with his parents too. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, you know, I, I can, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. like, I, but I, yeah, I see your point. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I think in my mind, it was like, he's doing some good here. And it just seemed like an odd twist that now he he's 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 his, it's one thing to beat the guy up and subdue him, but to to just kind of go all out and with well, the, with it's the because he had an MJ, so that was yeah, it. he had an MJ, and then he went overboard. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so, but with great power comes great responsibility. Well, that's that's what so. that's the that's the Sony version of it. Yeah, <laughs> the MC version is uh, with great power there must come great responsibility. Yeah. I know there's a there in there. That's what separates the two, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really cool that they actually did the comic book version in this one. Yeah. I'll leave it to, you know, MCU Spider-Man to get it right. Um, all right. So let's go through. Uh, we, we usually go through a diversity rating. Um, okay. I think we went through this last time. Yeah, we do a Shang-Chi. Um, and this one. I think we gave it a banana. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it work with this one? Um, well, it's, it's, um, well, it's plethora. If it's pretty diverse, okay. it's um, Jan Brady. If it's kind of in the middle, and uh, Casper. 
if it's white as hell. And we've kind of updated our diversity to inclusion and, and representation and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I, I gotta say, like, you know, it, it is Spider-Man. Dude's white, but like there is, there is, you know, Jan Brady-esque, you know, cause the other two co- co-stars are Filipino and Zendaya's mixed. Yeah. So. I believe so. So, um, you know, I, I'd say it's pretty yeah. Jan Brady. And you have Jamie Foxx. Right. Um, is that, is that it of the villains? Uh, uh, I don't think Alfred Molina's white, right? Like, yeah, I, if he's, if anything, he's a Spaniard. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say pretty Jan Brady. I'd say it's pretty yeah. good. Um, but yeah. he's Spider-Man, so it's a white dude. So, well, I mean, it's, it's not like you can recast, um, you know, these were the characters you were given. And right. It's right, not right. like you're going to, you know, change Willem Dafoe into someone else. Or, <laughs> right. You know, bring like Denzel do, Washington as Willem Dafoe. And, I, I do like that they were like, is there, is there like a black Spider-Man somewhere? And I was like, oh, Miles Morales, please <laughs> give me that. Um, so yeah, Jan Brady-esque. Um, I'll go through my rating and yeah. BJ. I mean, I will say I, you can't, you can't blame him in this case. No, 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 not at the all. Cast, the cast was set years ago. No, like. <laughs> You know, like there's there's, there's movies out there where I'm like, you don't have to be diverse. Like, you don't have to be so scared of liberals. Where, like, if if you were telling like a Nazi story, I expect everybody to be freaking white. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, you know, I don't want a diverse cast. Well, you know yeah, I, mean? we, I was talking about it with West Side Story. It's like, you know, the the intent there was to take the Latin Latin characters, make them Latinos. Um, but yeah, hey, white people, your roles are safe. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So uh, there's there's certain times where I'm like, they, they, you don't have to be diverse, and this yeah. one's just fine. But it is Jan Brady esque. Mm-hmm. Um, so my rating, I do lightsabers. BJ does chainsaws. You could do stars. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, how you do it yeah. on, on yours? But uh, so for lightsabers, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. As of right now, I'd probably give it five lightsabers. It's a rare five lightsabers for me. Um, my again, I've only seen it once. So I could come back and be like, um, my God, I hate this movie. But as of right now, as of this viewing, I, I'm giving, gonna give it, give it a full five lightsabers. Yeah. I, um, we do, I'll, we'll do stars and we go to 10. And I think as a policy, I, you know, unless it's absolutely perfect, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I like to keep tens rare. So, yeah. um, in this case, I, I'll give it a nine and a half. You know, it, it's so right up there good. with. Yeah, Infinity uh, Endgame got nine and a half. Um, to me, the ten is uh, is Casablanca. Um, okay. Then, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think Singing in the Rain goes in number ten as well. So. What about Godfather Two? Godfather Two, uh, nine and a half. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to. Think. I I haven't really formally rated it. That's why I guess I might. Yeah, I have to think about that one. But at, at this moment, it's nine out of ten. Okay. Yeah. So nine and a half for you for, for No Way Home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we go, uh, before we sign off, let's, uh, let, you know, drop your social media, drop, drop your, uh, info so people can follow you or, yeah. pay, you know, read your reviews. Yeah, you can read my reviews at filmthreat.com, uh, in our review section, uh, also the editor in chief there. Uh, social wise film threat is film threat on everything, uh, threat as in threatening. Um, and then me personally, uh, on Twitter, I'm my pal Al. And on, yeah, I won't even go through those. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> fa- uh, film threat Allen, and then the rest you could just try to find me. Okay. 
All right. Well, that was episode 357 of Chew on This and Nourish United podcast. I'm Vic. I'm Alan. Uh, we will talk to you guys next time. 